Keep your car looking its absolute best year-round with 303 Cleaners and Protectants. 303's revolutionary graphene nanospray coating gives you professional protection in a simple, easy-to-use formula. It will keep your car's paint protected for up to 12 months and give an insane level of depth and gloss. You can also use their brand new 303 Graphene Detailer to boost protection, slickness, and shine throughout the year. It can even be used for quick cleanups of light dust and fingerprints in between washes. For a one-two punch to keep your car licking its best, look no further than 303's line of graphene products. 303 Graphene Nano Spray Coating to protect and 303 Graphene Detailer to boost protection, slickness, and shine. Both products are available now at Advanced Auto Parts, AutoZone, and select Walmart locations. Visit 303radio.com for more information. Every search you make, every click you take, they'll be watching you. Are you tired of being tracked online? There's a simple solution. DuckDuckGo. It's an all-in-one privacy app with a built-in private search engine, web browser, one-click data clearing, email protection, and more, all for free. Download the app today and get the most comprehensive privacy protection with the push of a button. DuckDuckGo. Privacy simplified. Bradfo Show. That's my open? That's what they used to call me, Swivel Hit Bradford. That's my open. I'm okay. waiting for you to so justify what? your stupid opinion. Bradfo Show. That's delicious. Bradfo Show, big news. Gabrielle Starr, Chris Cotillo, thank you for joining us. Always a pleasure. This is like, I feel like a CNN. Like CNN, <laughs> when breaking news happens, they get in the panelists. Hardball with uh, Chris Yes, Matthews. exactly. Exactly. Yeah, so... Um, I feel you, you have all these different people from all these different backgrounds and they sit up very straight and, and they give their opinions and then they move on. Except this is much more difficult because it's not just 10 second sound bites. It is real takes. And in this case, it's all about J.D. Martinez. J.D. Martinez news broke. Um, what was that about? When was that? Five, five ish? Five, five ten. For, so like a couple hours ago couple hours yeah, ago from I, when we're taping this i texted you at 508 p.m not opting out comma wow yes there, <laughs> there you go so you already gave your take it's so, so you don't My don't take spoil is wow. it yes well, i mean well so i i do want to get to this there's two things we're going to get to in this podcast there's number one the jd martinez news actually three things number two chris catello's uh plan for awaken 180 number three that i wore a, a pair of mismatched shoes for three days this weekend the spin the wheel of the Bradfoe show. Which one do you want to start with? Gabrielle, you're the guest. Shoes, obviously. Shoes? Okay. Well, I'm also real- the guest, but I would have I gone with shoes as well. Okay. Well, here's the thing. is that I went to North Carolina on a college visit. I had an early morning flight about 4.30. The house was very dark. Um, I saw two shoes. They looked the same color. Next thing I know, I'm walking through the airport, and I'm limping, and I'm wondering why am I limping. It's because I was wearing different shoes. And because I didn't pack any other shoes, I wore the mismatched shoes for three days, which wasn't a problem until I get to the airport um, to leave North Carolina. And TSA found that a little suspicious that I had mismatched shoes. They thought one was a weapon. Was it? I mean, as far as you know, it wasn't. Which, Which airport? Raleigh Durham, Raleigh Durham, the, the highest airport, security, best airport in the country. Honestly. Yeah, okay. Is it the Bond villain or the Austin Powers mock Bond villain who can like cut somebody's head off with their shoe? Uh, I think that was Richard Reed back in the back in the yes that yeah. that's what the so impetus, to be fair yes it's not no I completely sh- unheard of that you could kill someone. I with understand a shoe. the the shoe dilemma when it comes to TSA. I I do not begrudge the the fine people in security for throwing up a red flag about my mismatched shoes. I understand whether it's the Bond villain or previous terrorist acts on the plane. Who knows? But so anyway, that's you asked for the shoe story. There it is. No, I had a teacher in elementary school, um, a science teacher who one day came in wearing two different shoes and he said, I'm colorblind. My wife picks out my clothes. She's on vacation. And I guess he had the same shoe in two different colors or almost exactly the same shoe. When did he realize? Because he was wearing one brown shoe and one black shoe. Yeah, but somebody told him that. 
And someone, yeah, someone, someone said something, and he was like, "I'm colorblind. My wife picks out my clothes. She's having needed time. a vacation from dressing her husband." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Um. So anyway, there's the shoe story, and we could go have into follow up. What is it? Well, tell us about the awkwardness of who has to hold the doors. Oh yeah, that's so, very important. Okay, so I was on a college visit. Where I, was the, what school? Uh, Elon University. Okay. I, but I've been on other college visits. But this is where it finally became evident me evident to me that this is a thing that makes me very uncomfortable. Um, and anyone who have gone through this or can think about it would agree with me that when you're going through a college visit, you went on college visits with your family. Yes. Okay. You mm-hmm. did as well. Yep. You, how many, like you typically, you know, it can be ranging from uh, like five families to 10 families to who knows. Right. Yeah. So you have to go in and out of a lot of buildings. The whole idea of holding open the door is very awkward. It's very awkward because the parent, you can't just, it's not just like, oh, well, the, there's the man and he's going to hold open the door. It's though, as someone pointed this out, it's usually the one guy that does it for every single building. And you got to tip him at the end of the whole thing. Yeah. And he's, he's basically throwing out his chest like, I'm much better than all of you. I'm the chivalry guy. Yeah. Yes. Or chivalrous, either one. Yeah. So you, you're looking at me like you, you, this does not ring true to you. No, it's it's just funny to remember going on college visits because, you know, it's like a whole ordeal. It's exhausting. Uh, yes, you never know what kind of tour guide holding, you're going to get. Right. Part <laughs> of the ordeal is holding open doors for, for a massive amount of people. We did the uh, Columbia tour in February in freezing cold and... <laughs> Our tour guide was like an architecture architecture major, and uh, <laughs> they spent the entire time just giving us the history of every building on campus in the freezing cold in February as the day was getting like it was like 3 p.m. It just get darker and darker and darker. Nothing about like I don't even know why I ended up but going there. But you went there. there. I, yeah. Whatever. It, it took root. I mean, it's, it's New York City. I mean, it's like alluring. Big city. Said, why did you go to Columbia? Because of the architecture. Yeah, exactly. Because the buildings. Why did you really go to North Carolina? Pretty. What was your draw there? I don't know. Well-rounded institution. Will you wait, get off your phone. Well-rounded you, institution. What is wrong with you? Just you get off your phone for two seconds. Confiscate it. I know. Like, what, get off your phone. I was checking about JD. Wait, what's to check? See if he opted out in the last two hours. Uh, okay. <laughs> Technically, has till midnight, so he could switch. Just a big psych. Yeah. He, be hilarious. He read. He read all the stories and like, I can't believe that so and so said. This well, about so-and-so. Well, they could trade me? Just kidding. I'm opting out. Yes, exactly. I, I had no idea they could trade me. Um, so I'll go around the room here in the Bradford Show studios. Gabrielle, were you surprised? What was your – when people asked you that question throughout the course of the season and then the course of the off season, is J.D. Martinez going to opt out? What was, what was your answer? I thought they. I thought he was going to opt out for a long time just because – He's one of the best hitters in baseball. Um, he could potentially get more money elsewhere. But then the more I thought about it, you know, he's over 30. So you changed your mind. I just thought, like, you know, as as it drew closer and I thought about, you know, how hard free agency has been for various players over the last couple of years. And, you know, first of all, there's the main fact that he they could always re- renegotiate his deal. He could get more money yes but they never um, did so when you woke up this morning but like you know before he has his second opt-out next year like they could renegotiate yeah, the, his deal they might yeah. I, I don't think they i will, was surprised but. i honestly i was surprised that they and i've said this a million times but i was surprised that they didn't try to try to sweeten the deal a little bit just a little bit to take the opt-outs off the table right? he, well, he wanted that he made that clear to you to everybody all the time i mean there was a dombrowski thing he had that wall up where he wasn't willing to do it because he was concerned about his foot and he said that the opt-outs are there, so we have protection. We don't want to get rid of those opt-outs. But it turned out to be smart, wasn't it, from the Red Sox point of view? Because, I mean, it was sort of a game of chicken a little bit, wasn't yeah. it? Definitely. So what, when I you think so- part of them was hoping he would opt out because they want that money for Mookie. Yeah. Well, yeah, well, I think that – yeah, I would agree with that. So when you – Because go- now the conundrum is, you know, we keep him, we we don't want to – but we don't – we want we keep him, but we want to stay under the competitive balance threshold. We also want Mookie, but we also need some pitching. We also need a second baseman. We also need this. You can't do it all. 
It's going to yes. be tough. And so, you know, I think a part of them was hoping, even though 2017 without a big bat was really tough for this team, I think a part of them was hoping that he would leave because that's $23.75 million. You can't just say the, a part. Give me, give me the percentage. I'd say like 60%. Chaim Bloom, give me the percentage. Chaim Bloom, 80%. 80% that he yeah. wanted to opt out. You? I don't think so at all. I think that whole thing was overblown. I think it was... You could almost see how people were writing it that, you know, he was going to opt out and just all seemed a little too convenient at times. I, I didn't think he was going to opt out really the whole time. I mean, I think I think he, he's a very candid guy. I think the way he talks to us is, you know, very – he's pretty much honest all the time. I think the most honest thing he said was, I have no idea. I'm going to let Boris do it. He's going to make the decision. But that's why. This isn't Bogarts who's, you know, saying he's going to let emotions get into it. It's, it's going to be – but Boris. that's but that's the reason. And I figured though, Chris. at the yeah, but I figured at the end of the day, Boris was going to look around, see what was out there, and realize that there really wasn't anything. That's the reason, though, is that you can say that you can say Scott Boris, and I agree with most of what you said, but Scott Boris is going to look around, and then he's going to say to JD Martinez, "Well, there's nothing out there," but you know as well as I do, like Scott Boris likes that challenge. Of getting that right. that that deal that nobody else thinks is out there, but he couldn't even do that for JD two years ago. He wanted over two hundred million for him, and right. he got one hundred and ten over five with two opt outs that benefit the Red Sox based on the timeline of other important players. Yes, but it's different. Mar- but this is the thing. So the whole reason why these people put in these opt outs, or one of the reasons, is because you're you're saying. The market isn't right now, but when these opt-outs roll around, that the market is going to be better, and I'm going to find you your market. Yeah, but did he really think the market was going to be better for an even you know older what? player? Go back, go back to go back to his, team? go back to Scott Boris's. Were you in Oakland during the? No. Okay, in April. Yeah, so I was there. Where? Well, sure. <laughs> with Xander Bogart's press conference after you know they do the thing with Bogarts and Boris. Now Boris is talking, and he's talking about JD's Martinez and. When you, if you go back and look at those quotes or listen to them, it is you would say there was one hundred percent chance that he is viewing him as a free agent. And I know a lot of that is just eyewash and, and just well, how he has to talk. But to to what you're saying, Gabrielle, is that he he wanted to think that there was a market. He wanted to think there was a market. Well, he, I mean, he was effectively a free agent for the last month. I mean, he, that's the back channel and all that. Oh, in the exactly. Last five days. Exactly. So he, he tested for agency, and there wasn't. And in my guess is that, and my guess is that you're, you're absolutely right. He w- was asking around. People in baseball were, were talking about this. The biggest thing, and you guys tell me if I'm wrong, but the biggest thing at the end of the day was that National League teams were not willing to pay this guy that type of money to be an outfielder. Well, that's what I, I said that when I wrote today. I was like, he's not, you already can basically effectively cancel out 50% of MLB because he's not a good defensive player and they don't have a DH. So right there, you whittle it down by half and then you got the teams that can't afford him. You got the teams that don't need him. Well, so the pool here, is increasingly smaller. But here's the thing, though, is that every time we said this, and we said this a lot, that there was always you could always spin this a certain way, and one of the ways you can spin that argument is that what was team was the only other team really in on JD Martinez a few years ago? I mean, we're talking about two years ago. Arizona. It was a National Arizona. League team. Arizona. Okay, so did he have a back problem every time he played outfield for that, Arizona? So that's the thing. Is that so? Going, you you guys saw him play oh, in the last, especially the last couple of months of the season on the outfield. It was almost like the Red Sox were putting him out there to say, "Hey, National League teams, you think this guy can play the outfield? Yeah, good luck yeah. with that." Right? It was a little. It was definitely like a case of what is it? Reverse psychology, I guess, or like I don't even know. It was. I there were so many games that I was at where I was like, "Why are you out there?" But that's exactly why. I mean, it's. You know, he kind of he kind of speaks for himself when he's out there. And, and you know, some of that, whether it's reality or not, some of that was probably because of the back, like you said, Chris. I mean, this is this is a thing. If if you're talking to National League executives and they're like, well, a couple of years ago, we thought he was OK in the outfield. It's only been a couple of years. The first thing I would say is, well, the, the foot thing isn't a problem, right? It's the back. the back. And if I'm signing a guy 
to that sort of contract to run around the outfield for over 100 games, that injury might be the last one that I ever want to hear about, right? Yeah. I think I think that was a huge thing. You know, it was almost he'd play outfield for a couple of days and then he'd be shut down for four or five days. I think that happened in spring training. It happened two or three times during the season. I didn't think anyone wanted to take that risk. And basically, and going back to what I was saying earlier, I think you look at he probably got to a point where he had the White Sox are kind of the the hot button team everybody thinks we're in. Yeah, well, I mean, we could we could do the math right. on the White Sox. It White Sox and Rangers. White Sox, yeah, and Rangers, even the Rangers, Yankees, like whatever. I wasn't even sold in the Rangers because you had some big contracts that you had to get rid of. So anyway. At the end of the day, Boris goes up to him and says, all right, we have the White Sox. They might have interest. They have to move some stuff around, and then we have to negotiate with them. Same with the Rangers, maybe same with the Yankees. Do you think J.D. wanted to go through that painful process that he did two years ago to try to – get with one of these teams when he's perfectly fine here. And 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 you I agree with you and that's one of the I think underrated things of this. If I'm JD Martinez, the payoff of this is what? Okay, and it seems like a lot of money, but the payoff is 10 million dollars more for over the next 3 years. I don't think I I truly think that he's just the kind of guy that doesn't even care where he is. He I don't said think it. He cares how much the money is, like he just he he's going to go to the park. He's going to mash, and then he's going to go home and study the pitcher for tomorrow. He's never going to go out. He's I've never, never gonna... heard that. I've never heard that before. Yeah, I know. It's a new take. He's never gone out. It's a, it's amazing. He's, yeah. he, he just Reads sits the in a dark room even, thinking about hitting all the time. doesn't even know the burger Come on. Places around Come on. Line. Come on. Like, you have, have you gotten any sense that he has a social life at all? I, I don't know. Here's the thing. Only I don't know J.D. Martinez. I don't follow him around. I haven't hung out with him. But you know what? Every human being has a social life. Every and, and don't so don't buy in. Don't Have you be, met Evan Drellick? Yes, he has too much of a social life. I was waiting to see how long it would take for yeah, someone to match Evan Drellick. <laughs> ding, 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 ding. <laughs> it's too easy. I mean, I follow him on Instagram, and the only Who, time Evan? I no JD, <laughs> okay. I know Evan. Um, the only time he seems to have a social life is when he's in Florida. See, that's the thing that you guys, you both of you. I'm not. I'm not naive enough to think he doesn't have one here. I'm just saying, like. But you just said. You just said, like, I follow him on Instagram, and this is how I could have said. The I'm just only saying, time if I've he ever has... seen him do anything other than baseball is is when he was riding an elephant in Thailand. Yeah, well, he did that. <laughs> um, no, I'm just saying. You know, if he has a social life here, it's a lot. It's a lot more low key. He doesn't. It's not like he's you know out having bottle service at you know Royale or. I don't even know if Royale still exists. Wherever the kids go. The children go. Cotillo hasn't seen him at the baseball tavern. So basically that, that leads he's him to believe he's, yeah. yes, he's, Surrounded by he's sitting in a dark room just like looking at tape. I don't, I don't think that – I just don't think it matters what city he's in or where – I mean, I just that's, – That's fine, but don't give me the argument. Like that's, it's two different things. It's like you can say that there are guys that clearly have priorities when they're free agents, and that's being in a city right, or going out. One of them. But you painted the picture that the guy does not do anything else but sit in a in a un, uh, during a room the season, without any furniture. During the season, I think he goes home and watches film in the next. That's picture, because he. That's him. because what he, that's what he said, right? Has, has there been do any, you have any other evidence? Do you have any other evidence? Well, we don't see pictures of him going out with porn stars like Jimmy Garoppolo. I, that's Jimmy Garoppolo's choice. I'm just, I'm just saying, like, it's not like you know, Boston gossip magazines are saying, like, you know, there's another picture of JD doing this, and here's a picture of him. Like, he's I'm not tr- out and no about. Because no baseball players have been in gossip magazines because no one cares. But <laughs> you know what I mean. I'm trying to, I'm trying to think of um... in people's Instagram stories or yeah. whatever. You're not seeing him out, you know. Okay, so here's a, here's an example. So I'm trying to think of baseball players. Like we don't hear anything about. You think Rick Porcello has a social life, or does he just sit in a in a, in a room looking at 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 video of pitching? Well, like you see he Mookie goes, going to events. No, 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 no. I'm, I'm I understand Mookie. I'm bringing up a, another example from. To, I think Rick Porcello's big outing of the year is the Twin Peaks podcast. That is well, we know that. I mean, that's the only evidence we have that he actually has ever left his room and not done anything but study pitching. My do po- him some good. My, well, <laughs> why are you so mean? He's gone. Just don't be so mean. God, he's coming back. Yeah, he's, he's coming, coming back on like a really? low. Rob, yeah, because they can the, get him for cheap. While we're on the Rick Porcello topic, yeah. I'd like to just give my condolences that the campaign to get him a qualifying offer died a tough death today officially. Yeah, it did. That's true. You know what also died Blowing a tough out. death? 
the three-year, $27 million contract Brock for Brock Holt. Not yet. Still alive. Uh, Technically. <laughs> Don't make me cry on sense. air. This is – so, Gabrielle, I understand – like, you, you want Brock Holt to come back because he has a cute kid and he runs Let's around. He has a cute whatever, kid. Whatever. I mean, Griffin Holt's going to, like, you know, be okay. an MVP in Super. 20 years. The day bad. High and Bloom was hired, that that name jumped to the top of the list of people who were probably going to have to have a pro- hard time coming back. Yes. Because High and Bloom doesn't care that Brock Holt has a cute kid, that he's in charge of the Jimmy Fund, that he's great in the clubhouse. It no, I'm sure he doesn't care. But I think that Brock Holt would also take <laughs> less care. money to stay here. Well, you, so this guy over here, Chris Cotillo, was m- most absurd thing I ever saw. D- he actually wrote three years, twenty-seven million for Brock Holt. Seems you low. wrote that, didn't Seems you? Low. I did write that. Yeah. What? what One and they let notes. and the editor let that pass through. Look, what is happening? It's the off season. You take a no, look. No, this was during the season. Oh. You take a look. <laughs> this was like after. A you good take a game. look at that. It was he was on an absolute tear. <laughs> You look look at what Zobris got, and look at the look at the production the year before in the age. It wasn't as ridiculous as you think. I do not think he's no, going to get that it now. Was absolutely as ridiculous as I think. Let's get back to Rick. Por- Why would Rick Porcello possibly get a qualifying offer? He wouldn't. Like you think I, I sat there the last two months of the season thinking he was going to get a qualifying? At offer? At what point in July or June did he possibly think no. it? Be- I mean, it was it was a legitimate conversation where you have half a year, and if he pitched as well as he did when he had the rebound uh, second half of the year a couple of years ago, say, like, oh, you know what, that makes sense to have a qualifying offer. But then all of a sudden, now you you understand number one, he's not bouncing back. He's not having close to that good year. If his ERA, if Rick Porcello's ERA was a run lower, let's say it's like four and a half. Then it's in the conversation. I was going to say so seven. There you go. But if in in by the way, so in part of that is also the the reality that the Red Sox were trying to cut payroll because we had we didn't with you with the Brock Holt contract or me with the Porcello contract the uh, or Gabrielle with the um, I'm forgetting Brock Holt's son's name Griffin now. Holt Griffin Holt's contract like all of it we had no. We didn't really have a good grasp of what they were trying to do financially until John Henry sat in that suite or stood up in that suite and said, we're trying to get below this threshold, which, by the way, the Red Sox had never, ever identified what they were trying to do with the luxury tax threshold. And it was a this is why John Henry doesn't speak in public very often, because it was an absolute misstep. And then you flash forward a couple weeks later. Where Theo Epstein is quoted saying, "No, we're not talking about that because that's a that's a uh, or, competitive disadvantage." Or you flash forward a couple seconds after he said it. Let's try we, and retract we, it, and we saw the the ultimate. It's a goal. It's a goal. It's a goal. It's a goal it, but that that was like a, an unbelievable moment. Yeah, where you. Talk- no, it was like people kept asking the question, "Why aren't they? Why isn't John Henry talking about why they fired Dombrowski?" And we were able to actually find out because he does stuff like that. It is, it is crazy. It is, it's crazy. So when you hear, Gabriel, when you hear John Henry talk, so um, do you, like, do you, first of all, do you... Have I heard him speak? Yeah, have you heard him? Have <laughs> you rare, audibly heard rare, him speak? <laughs> yes. From your perspective, he's like, oh, you know, I really wish I hear John Henry speak more. No. But I do. You know why? Because he says like he gives us crazy stuff honest, every time. Yeah, yeah but it's like, it's like somebody saying they're going to run the marathon and like you're happy if they run 10 miles. Like the Red Sox are going to say they're trying to go under 208 million and they'll be happy if they get. I mean, they're the Red Sox. They're not the no, Rays. They, they won't get under 208. I don't think it's possible because they also don't want to Anything's embarrass Anything's possible them. with Heim Bloom. <laughs> Look, that's what, as that's a who, Jewish person. Let me is tell your, you, my people science? have been. Ve- oh God, the Jewish geography games in our house have been insane. Kyan <laughs> Bloom's sister-in-law is the head of my former high school. Really? My dad knows his whole like. My dad knows his wife's entire family. Sounds like, like you should have broken the story to me. <laughs> my dad's focused on the Pats. Um, <laughs> my people are very excited about Kyan Bloom, but <laughs> it's it's just different here. The Red Sox aren't the Rays. Like, yeah, he's going to be fiscally responsible, and that's why he's here. But how fiscally responsible do you let him? Do you want him to be? Oh, I don't and care. And balance, if he's not you, not you how, specifically, how, like ownership. How, how much do you want him to be? Under two hundred eight million. That's it. And yeah, that's what like, he's going to do. Do you also want to embarrass so yourself you, next season as the Red Sox? Like, well, I don't think. The, here's the, here's the problem. Do you want to lose Mookie and JD? Like, how? What? 
put? Well, are the, you willing to the, give up in order to spend The JD news, everyone jumped million. to Mookie Betts with this JD news, yeah. right? Yeah. The person they should immediately jump to say he's not coming back is who? David Price. No. JBJ? Yes. I mean, there's no. Uh, what are you? We're talking about $11 million. Yeah. And obviously, you would want him on the team because we know what type of value he has, especially for a good team as this sort of part. But you can't, if you're going to try to make up for the money that you basically lost by JD opting in, Jackie is at the top of the list. There was at some point with John Henry where someone was talking to him during that thing, uh, the sweet uh, informal media availability that. They tried and never let happen, and he said, someone said, well, there's no real clear non-tender candidates, and he said something like, oh, we have one in mind. Like, so we, I mean, it's just that, that I think is, you tra- is Whether possible. it's trade or whether it's non-tender. Yeah, for sure. I mean. I also think that the ultimate bailout is David is Price. Price? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, the thing is, he has never lived, aside from his heroic campaign in the 2018 postseason after Game 2 of the ALDS, he has never fully lived up to. But you're not selling it. You're not selling potential trade partners. I'm not the one. In, I just, I thankfully, know. I am not in charge well, of the Red Sox. But they're listening to this podcast. Yeah. They're like, I'm just, hmm, we're on the fence on David Price. Guys, <laughs> he's great. His elbow heals itself. Sign him, please. Um, take him off our hands. He you're going nev- to have to package him with someone like. Chavis or Dahlbeck yeah, or right. one of those guys, and you're going to have to swallow that pill if you want to keep Mookie. I think it's one or the other at this point. I, I don't disagree with you. And the, you I know mean, what, his, he has the high, most lucrative pitching contract in history. He gets $32 million. Is that crazy? I mean, he gets $32 still, million. Still. He gets $32 you, by million the way, a year. As a quick aside, I tweeted this out, and everyone get all riled up over it, which I heard John Smoltz say the whole thing about, he said Max Scherzer has outperformed his contract. And, you know, I started getting slapped in the face with, like, a bunch of fan graphs. You know, this is what he's worth. To be fair, John Smoltz once burned himself and landed on the IL because he burned himself wearing a shirt that he was – ironing a shirt that he was And that's exactly – that was going to be my first line And of when he was asked about it, he said, I thought it would be okay because I've done it before. So I don't really so you, take – You can't hate that logic. <laughs> honestly, I'm, just, yeah. I'm just saying, that, that like – totally fair. That's just saying – that's like, I just don't – I don't hold John Smoltz. You're you're saying that it's impossible to outperform that contract? I'm not saying that it's impossible. I'm just saying that... Okay, well, what what more can you do? Just outperform when, as I I tried to, you know, basically calm everyone down with, I said, can't we just say that it is the rarest of rare things that one of these unbelievably expensive contracts has been lived up to? That it's, it was worth signing That's this fair. guy to. But to think that I like, think it's just his contract the, is insane. The bar is so unbelievably low for those deals that outperforming it That's is, fair. is That's fair. going to get thrown out. That's fair. But did my, he outperform it? I mean, what was it? It's oh, like, He uh, outperformed it by the standard that we don't ever expect anyone to perform to Thank the standard you. that but, they're but supposed to. Said, but, you know, what they said is like, oh, look at, look at the fan graph said he's worth $50 million. I have, I'm sorry, I have a hard time doing that math, uh, yeah, both well, literally and figuratively. Yeah, literally. That, that's why That's why you can't just go by fan graphs. The old-fashioned eye test is going to still – I mean, it's like people saying – like yesterday I said JBJ should have been gold glove. Gold which, glove. like, I'm a little biased, but, like, he's incredible. And people were like <laughs> – people came back with every possible stat you could think of. And I was like, just look at him play – See him make the catches that he makes and, like, shut up, honestly. I just, you know what, sometimes I don't care about someone's FIP or their war or anything. Like, I just watch some baseball the old-fashioned way and stop burying yourself well, yeah, in that comes from, the you advanced can't watch stats. All 30 also. The, the, the guy who got screwed was Robles, but that's a whole other story. Um, but you're right. I mean, you're right. And where do we – oh, so anyway, the Scherzer thing, all right, I think you guys sort of agree with me. Thank you for making me feel better about it. But to go back to the price wasn't my goal. Well, listen, I need, believe in, me, I need to be built up. All <laughs> it right? plays into the pricing, though, because the point is he has the most lucrative contract yes. in pitching history. And he basically has never, except for last year, for part of the year, has never, and thankfully it was when it counted, but he's never really lived up to 
that contract. No. And- so if you if you were gonna if you were gonna say that David Price, let's say David a healthy David Price, heading into let's go back in time. This is sort of what you're gonna have. Like when he's healthy and he's pitching as well as he's pitched in Boston, what would he get? It wouldn't be two hundred seventeen million dollars right now. It would be what Patrick Corbin money. Yes. Yeah. Okay. All right. Super. But it wouldn't be the two hundred seventeen million was such an unbelievably over unbelievable overpay. You know who, and that goes to the the John yeah, Henry thing. Oh, I was gonna say, you know who earned him that deal? It's John Lester. John Lester, which right. is so such an overreact classic but, but, overreaction. But Gabrielle, the thing is is that we, we if we talk about John Henry's like quote unquote honesty, it was insane that you had John Henry sit there in spring training and he like this is Three years after everyone knew this to be the case, but he uttered the word, we really screwed up the yeah. John Lester contract. And right then and there, you knew that they were going to re-sign Chris Sale. So I, I also want to come back to what has led the Red Sox to this predicament. It has to do with the price contract. It has to do with the sale contract. It has to do with the Valdi contract. They tried to build the team the exact same way as the two World Series teams, right? Yeah, and I've... I've- Said, I think last time we were here, which was the first time, that I mean, you could forget. Yeah, they're still talking about. There's it. a plaque. Um, you can't fault them for that. I mean, that's right. If it didn't broke, yeah, it worked. It for literally what? was to sign the pitchers. I mean, look, they got cocky and romantic last off season. That's the only explanation <laughs> for giving way, Steve a Pierce a bumper sticker. Cocky and romantic. <laughs> we're getting cocky and romantic. <laughs> It's the only reason for re- for giving Steve Pierce a contract, honestly. Think, yeah, like, and you know, I think that's why what John... And Evaldi, was, too. You yeah. give him a contract because he goes out there, and in Game 3 of the World Series, he eats, like, six innings and pitches 100, like, throws 100 pitches when Porcello couldn't even make it past, like, 80 pitches. You know who's not getting cocky and romantic? I am Bloom. I am Bloom. Yeah, because Jews don't do that. <laughs> We're survivalists. We're just trying to not get murdered by See, people every century. You're not allowed to say anything. I'm not, just keep going. Rabbis. No, I'm just saying, like, you know, <laughs> I hate to perpetuate the stereotype, but, like, we're just trying to survive. The Bradfoe Show, perpetuating stereotypes <laughs> since 2016 or how he started it. I come from a family of rabbis, so, like, I can say this. I like the other one, cocky and what was it? Cocky, cocky and romantic. romantic. Cocky and romantic. Yeah. For the Bradfoe Show, we're cocky no, and romantic. Just, you know, you give, you give Nathan, like, Chaim Bloom is never giving Nathan Avaldi that contract, knowing Nathan Avaldi from having getting rid of him on the Rays in the first place. Y- yes, and also for not falling into the trap of, like you said, being cocky and romantic, which is... I'm, which is one of the things Same that thing John Henry Sale. identified and saying, I don't think, I wish he used those words, but when I talked to him in London, he basically said, we shouldn't have been so cocky romantic. I mean, the same he, thing with Chris right Sale. There. I mean, he didn't pitch most of, basically half of last the season. The Chris Sale thing is bizarre. It's so bizarre. I've used bizarre. I mean, he has the opposite of David Price's self-healing elbow, where they just can't figure out what's going. He was reinstated from the IL today, and you're like, "Oh, good, just in time for nothing." But well, that's a procedural move. It doesn't mean I know. I'm just, was too. I'm just saying. It's like, it's like that's playing, the announcement yeah. that you're getting today. Is that? <laughs> no, it was one sentinel. One sentinel. Yeah. And Dustin Pedroia. Don't you dare! Oh, I'm not. Um, not like that. I'm just he has saying. He's cute kids too, by the way. They all have cute kids. <laughs> um, so. But when you look at the Chris Sale deal, and we have to talk about this when it comes to this J.D. Martinez conversation, because this is why, if it wasn't for these decisions, the J.D. Martinez thing would be everyone would be like, oh, great, he's opting in. Yeah, yeah. I, that's that's the, the thing I tweeted before I came over here, which, looking forward to seeing the well, results. You were waddling over here. Well, I was waddling over here. Yeah. Uh, get my steps in for the day to try to avoid <laughs> the great people at Awaken 180. No, no. We'll talk about that in a little bit. All Go right. ahead. Well, um, <laughs> this is the perfect plug. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I'm just going to put in a silver platter. Not not silver platter because we're not supposed to eat, right? On a weekend. No, you eat plenty. Okay, great. We'll talk about that later. <laughs> um, that's what I just put out on Twitter. I said, what is your reaction? Knowing that this probably means that Mookie is going to get traded, which let's say that's you know probably going to happen. Mm-hmm. I think Bloom is creative, and if he can offload Price or JBJ or Evaldi or whoever, that'll happen, whatever. But knowing that probably Mookie's gone, are you happy as a fan that JD is coming back? And that's a that's a question that I think it's going to be right around fifty fifty. And I think it's kind of 
ridiculous. Did that you put up a poll? I did. You want to let's look, yeah, check the, the results? I mean, it's, what you could talk if about. This is, means more JD if, 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 if and right field. We could only look at the poll. Like, yeah, if we could only. If, if, if it means more JD and right field, I am not happy 53% of people of 626 It's a good poll, then. It's the second they, best poll They'd of the rather year. have JD come back and... Uh, that would be 47%. Yeah, I know. I, <laughs> new math was going to be difficult. 47% said that. That's, that's a good poll. That, that, that's, will you put up a poll? How many voters so far does it say? 630. That's not bad. I mean, it's not my Rafael Devers, Vlad Guerrero Jr. poll. It's not my Gushers yeah. and Fruit by the Foot poll. Oh, what, what was that? On Saturday night, I went to the supermarket because I'm wild like that. Mm. And I bought myself some fruit roll-ups. So I was curious what people thought. I asked my followers, do you prefer fruit by the foots, fruit roll-ups, or gushers? And it, Is that <laughs> it, three things? Yeah. Okay. There are, yeah, you can do three-way polls now. You can have up to four. Wow. Yeah, it's wild. Twitter's <laughs> more, crazy. You, you still know. can't edit your Thank tweets, you. but you can have four options for your polls. Climate change people began. We can still do People had a lot of feelings about so what was fruit So snacks. what was the winner? Honestly, when I last looked, it was fruit by the foot. Was it close, though? But it was close. And it was votes? going back and forth. At the time, it was like 500 people. I don't. I haven't looked in a while. But well, we have the capability of doing that. So uh, You want to scroll back through four days of my tweets? Uh, well, no, I <laughs> Six don't. Six hours later. More than any human being I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> um, but my poll was, as long as we're, we're pounding our chest about polls, of course, was the Vlad Guerrero Jr. Rafael Devers one, which I'll never be able to duplicate in my entire life, and I don't think anyone will ever as well, which it was about nine to 10,000 respondents. And it was almost exactly 50-50. Oh, so you weren't the person who tweeted Soto or Devers. Cause somebody... I did. I was going to say, he was, just... trying to, he was trying to relive yep. the glory from was, the, the original one. I, I tried. But that one, it, I knew that which one, because I have a lot of Red Sox followers. So even though, like, I mean, that's, yeah, that's I would take thing. Soto. Soto's great. What do you mean? He's incredible. All right, right. I would take Soto. That's why it was great. I would take Devers over Guerrero. Yes, but at the time, remember, were you in Toronto for that no, series? I've never been in Toronto in my life. Well, just wanted to mark, well, that, mark that yes, down. Okay, well, that's call that, out Chris Smith for stealing ten all million those trips. demerits. Um, but at the time, all anyone in Toronto was talking about was Vlad Guerrero Jr. and also the fact that the basketball team was in the finals. But it was it was crazy. Like he could do no long, wrong, and it was the wave of people who said, like, you are such an idiot for putting up this poll because Vlad Guerrero Jr. is so awesome, was incredible. And who got the last laugh? I did. I, I saw Vladdy on Friday, not the name drop. I did, went to the Pedro Gala. Oh, right? yeah. He looks skinny, right? No. Awaken 180. <laughs> Do they have that north of the border, Rob? Oh, they had that picture of him, like, jumping rope the other day. Yeah, no. Was it put through some filters? There, <laughs> there was something going on. I don't know what it was. It was He did not. He looked big? Yeah, we we were there was uh He's a totally different body shape than his dad. It's three crazy. members of the beat three beaters writers were there and we all had the same exact reaction. Really? Like where's the where's the free alcohol and then Vlad Guerrero looks a little big? No. But we saw the free alcohol. We I mean we were on the job rob. Okay. Responsible, but all right. Yeah, Vlad did look big. So to go back to speaking of the natural segue, to go back to the uh why whether or not this was a popular decision people like that that is a good poll if it's almost 50 50 and i think that that's sort of representative of where we are but the reason that is the case is because of what we were talking about these contracts and price is what it is okay it's 217 million dollars i think everyone at the time were like you need an ace go get them who cares how much money you're going to spend the an, sale an ace who at the time had the worst postseason record like- yeah but i don't i don't care but i didn't get wrapped up into that because Why, you, because is... you have to be good to get to the postseason, right? But then and what... you're going to figure it out in the postseason. Figure it out when you get there, and he did, he did, didn't he? The third time. Well, he did, <laughs> he did. But the the sale one is weird because you had, you know, to your point, Gabrielle, like you had he, you had he was injured the whole year, or the end of the year. You hadn't seen him pitch. Not the end. It was like from mid-July until right. September, except for that one joke game where Cora was like so mean to the Orioles that he's like, he doesn't need a rehab start. 
I'm just going to use him yes, against the Orioles. And he struck out like 12 he was, batters he was in very, five he was innings. And then 30, went back 35 when Orioles deserve our respect. Yeah. <laughs> and, then, and then went back on the IL until September and wasn't good in September. Yes. And struggled in the postseason. He was throwing about 88. Until yes. the Machado strikeout. Okay, so he got, had that one inning. Uh, and so you basically, my point is that you're coming back. You don't know what's up with his shoulder. The MRIs are checking out. That's fine. But you hadn't seen him pitch in a major league game. Well, like we've talked about 10 times, John Henry on the bench in spring training, none of that would have mattered. I mean, none of it mattered at all. What The medicals, so, it was getting so, done no matter what. So when so this is the thing. This is where I think they're being a little disingenuous. Because John Henry has said, oh, well, I think it was your question. I'll give you credit where you say, well, what happened the day after the or day of the parade when you're saying I want to extend Dave Dombrowski? And John Henry says, you know, we had some disagreements. We I knew we knew pretty soon after that we weren't seeing eye to eye. So what were the things that they potentially weren't seeing eye to eye on? That doesn't uh, don't give me Steve, Steve Pierce. Steve Pierce is no, six, six million dollars. Sale Navaldi, right? But I think I think go ahead. Dave Dombrowski didn't want to go under the threshold. That would be my theory. Without he doesn't know how to go under that's, the threshold. Yeah, that's a lot of why. That he didn't want, but this is why they fired Dave Nebraska. But they didn't go. They didn't go under the threshold. No, but he wouldn't want to do it for this year. And when John, but, Henry, that, but that, that's not what he was talking about. He's talking about constructing the 2019 team. No, he was talking about how they wanted to go forward in the future with the team. Right, but that was that was not knew, just about 2019, it but, but it was short, but it short worked. and long term view. They well, knew but it wasn't short term possible. Too. They were They knew it wasn't going to be possible for this season. Well, the so way they, that he was constructing the team. Right, but the point is, like they. They knew it wasn't going to be possible, A, the way he was constructing the team, but just, like, with the money they still had on the books this year, like Sandoval, all this, like, dead money. But they probably went to him and said, all right, aside from 2019, what's your plan going forward? How are you going to get us under the threshold? What are you going to do? And he was like, I'm Dave Dombrowski. I don't do under the threshold. I throw money in paper shredders. Right. And they all had said, we knew this was coming for a while. We've been preparing for this for years. The 2020 was going to be under the threshold year. I guess Dombrowski, for whatever reason, might not have. But I but mean, part of that equation, you're right. I mean, we're talking about the future and everything else. But part of that equation is signing those two deals that we're talking about. And so when I say there was probably a little bit of being disingenuous, it's when because it would only make sense of Valdi and Sale. Of Valdi and Sale are the two contracts that are are hamstringing them because the price was already done. You would normally say all the things that we said about the sale contract, which is you hadn't seen him pitch. He had the shoulder thing the year before. And, by the way, he admitted later, I think it was in late June, that he said, you know, I was coming back. I was never going to have a contract here. I was always going to re-sign that. They didn't read the room right. But all of that is they had signed off on Chris Sale the minute that he said we screwed up the John Lester deal in yep. spring training. So what, So which is it? So which is so that leads us to one contract, which is the Evaldi contract. That's fine. All right. So you said you were saying you make the baseball decisions. You're saying we should sign Nathan Evaldi. Go sign Nathan Evaldi. Is that what got Dave Dombrowski fired? I mean, don't, don't give me like the minor league stuff either, because that's like who did yeah. trade away that anyone cared about. So answer yes. Are you guys all stunned by my my rant? I'm just thinking, you know, because we're, we're, we're thinking in retrospect, knowing what we now know about this season. Like at the time, everyone's like, I mean, aside from like maybe the nagging thing, like, oh, this is a lot of money for a guy who has a surgery every five minutes. This is, you know, like, like pretty recently after the World Series and everyone in Boston was like on a high. You're like, yeah, but oh, but- hell yeah, Chris Sale. Hell yeah, Nasty Nate, World Series hero, Nasty Nate. Like, Steve Pierce, MVP. Like, you know, cocky and romantic. That's- Heim Bloom wouldn't have done it. Right, but that's the point. Dave Dombrowski, Heim Bloom is the anti-Dave Dombrowski. Those are two former Rays he might have. No, he wouldn't. No, he wouldn't. Because they, uh, they, they thought that they were getting, they thought they were getting, like, they thought they were, like, unloading Nathan Evaldi on us. No, for like no, a young no, Jalen no, they, 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 they like Nathan Valdi. Yeah, but he had Nathan Valdi served the exact purpose. They worked him. Through, they've done this with a bunch of guys. They brought yeah. him through the rehab process. They signed him to a deal with an option. He's close enough Did, to be healthy, and then he's a perfect. My wildly coach. popular Sunday. And Jalen Beeks has been great. My wildly popular Sunday baseball. Shut their head socks out in that weekend that they got swept last year. It, it was. It was. Uh, 
So 57 players the Rays had last year, 30 trades. To your point, this is what they do. This is what they do. Now, you know, so will will he do it the same way? I, probably not. I mean, it's because it's, it's the Red Sox and you have more resources and everything else. But still, to go back to the Nathan Avaldi thing, I agree with you, Gabriella. This is, what do you say, cocky and what? How can you not remember this? It's I two know, words. I know. And it's been we it's been thirty because, seconds since you last said it. Because the baseball broke I, us. I, I, wanna, I honestly want to say two other words, and I just like keep. I don't want to say them. No, um, cocky, cocky, and romantic. Uh, and this is the he isn't the first time. This isn't the first time this has happened. It baffles me that these very very smart people and Dave Dombrowski's a smart guy. Like just much like Theo Epstein was a smart guy when they signed Mike Lowell back. After he won the World Series MVP, this happens a lot. Is that in lot. a book somewhere? What? Is that in a book somewhere? It's somewhere, yes. Okay. Along with uh, a lot of Cuban stories, yes. Mm-hmm. Do you read that, by the way? Absolutely Deep Drive? not. Do you, do you read Deep Drive? My list, but my list is, my list is like this you, long. You better. That's that, that out, can't be out, number one. It came can't out, be true. Two thousand nine. How you been? <laughs> For starters, I was trying to get into college in two thousand nine, so like I was a little. Busy. I know, but the, the list it's basically. I'll tell you, it's not on my list. It's not on chasing no. the Steinbrenner glory. On your the glory list? of no. our times is on that list, and that's like Just half written Shreve. by Babe Ruth. So you can that could give you a little so, insight into my list. All right, so put chasing Steinbrenner and Deep Drive on your list. I played drive for my own book when I was talking about Brian O'Halloran and chasing Steinbrenner. So yeah. it finally paid off. I didn't get much <laughs> of an advance, but I got that. Um, yeah. You so, get those bonuses like Ian? Oh, my goodness. You ever hear this story? This it's is one a of great the best story. stories of all time. It is one of the best stories of all time. Like you ever read one? You like stories. I like stories. Uh, that's because you're cocky and romantic. <laughs> it's my favorite. It's the ugly barnacle. The, the what? <laughs> SpongeBob. Oh, okay. Um... <laughs> The uh, what was I going to say? Okay, so Ian Brown, Ian Brown, he wrote a Dicegate book. I don't know if that's on your list or not. Yes, he did. I know. Oh, you do know that one? Is that also on your list? All the, the Red Sox story books. Of the Dicegate book. All the Red Sox books are on my list. So like, he writes. He writes the Dicegate book, and the evidently the Japanese market and the I think the market from Taiwan was very lucrative, and they put bonuses in their books. Or in in the, the deal for Ian. I'm gonna write the Zue Lin book starting tomorrow. It's already oh uh, the Zue. I thought you were gonna say the uh, Chinmin Wang book. Nobody wrote about know. Koji. Bizarrely, yet? been already been written. No one's written a Koji book yet. No, it's there. It's there. I saw something about that. I don't know. Dibs. All right, do it. Never know unless you ask. True. But uh, <laughs> so he had these bonuses built in where if if Dice K won 15 games, then he got a fifteen thousand dollar bonus. 15 games. So he was stuck at 14. Not Dice Guy. Ian. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Ian got it. Just, just what... to, because it's so absurd we have to say it twice. Okay. <laughs> so Ian would get a $15,000 bonus if Dice. Not, not if Ian won 15 games. No. <laughs> if Dice Guy won 15 games, he would get the 15000 Ian would get the $15,000 bonus. So Dice Guy was stuck at 14 wins forever for throughout the September. So it's a second to last start. They're in Tampa. Dice K is pitching really well. He gets to the seventh inning, two nothing. Gets two outs, cruising. Walks two guys. They bring in Javi Lopez. Remember Javi Lopez, the lefty, like sort of fifteen-time World Series champion. Yeah, yes, lefty sidewinder reliever. <laughs> they bring him in to face Carlos Pena. I think it was the first pitch. The ball before it landed in the, in the seats. Ian was already, I look over, and Ian's already running to the back of the press box. I mean, this is a $15,000 swing. And so the Red Sox lose a game because they hit the three-run homer. Immediately goes down to John Farrell, the pitching coach, and says, here, is Dice K going to make his last start? Because the start meant nothing. And said, yes, he's going to make his last start. Fortunately for Ian, and I don't even know how this happened. Like, it was a meaningless game, and Dice K actually gets the – which would never happen these days, right? It would – like, you would have, like, 50 million openers before yeah. you would let Dice K make that start. He gets the win. Ian gets his 15 grand. So that's the book business. Yes. So there, the, 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 ta- like the book business. The takeaway is that you're going to write the Koji book. This is breaking news. You know, you ever want to write a book? I actually started one last year on the 2018 season, um, and I wrote like Alex Spear beat her to it. 
I'm never beaten out. It's called Spirit. Grown Home. This is a ripoff. Uh, I, you know, I started it and then stuff happened with my family and I was like, this has to, I just got to stop. Um, it wasn't even my idea. Charles Steinberg was like, you're writing a oh, book. Oh, there you go. Um, I mean, who hasn't, who hasn't had Charles Steinberg said, you got to write a book? <laughs> I'm still waiting for his book. That's the book you got to write. That's your book. Oh, he's like written part of it. He's uh Oh, no, you got to write that. Yeah. Get a chunk of that change. He has the best stories, so. You call it the master of ceremonies. Oh, <laughs> that's pretty good. You know, the- he had a really great title for a book and now that it were it's not workable, I can tell you. So, last year the title was Three Ring Circus. And I said to him as a joke, I was like, but what if they win a fourth ring and then it doesn't work? Mm. And he's like, well, I was like, four ring is still cute. It still plays on the yeah. whole thing. But three ring circus was such a cute title. Was he going to, and I'm dorky enough that I love that. Would he, would he be like, he has great stories, but would he tell the interesting stories? Like he, Mike Lowell. Like, 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 like ta- the Ian he, Brown story. He tells, he tells some very good stories. He no, has, I know he tells very good stories, but would he write very good stories? Yeah. Okay, I would I would read that book. Wouldn't you read that book? What, should Master read that book, Master of Ceremonies, or <laughs> Four Ring Circus. Chris wants a Chris wants a bonus now for the title. Yeah, he'll I, sell Charles that grand. title for fifteen grand. <laughs> fifteen grand, and I get the direct that and a Chris sell shout out no, uh, complete game. I tell you what, you why don't you write a book and in exchange for your advance, you'll get an Awaken One Eighty subscription. Wow! Dream you ever right want to write a book? I don't know. Stories yeah. yet to be told, literally. Literally, yeah, it yes. is yet to be told. Yeah. You don't I don't know, know what I'd write about. That's besides the point. Like, just, do you, have you ever want to write a book? You, do you read? Do you read books? I don't really read books. Right, that's, right that's now. That's fair. Not a Forget Awaken One Eight. He's the Derek Zoolander Center. The <laughs> what? Yeah, what? <laughs> you don't watch movies either. I don't watch right? movies either. <laughs> yeah, he has no idea what you're talking about. Um, I watched uh, Mystic River the other night. Oh, good. Yeah, it was good. Super great. Was, was, what yeah. you, you see in the theaters? Yeah. Yeah. I was, uh, was on Netflix. Good. Good what stuff. Do, what do you do? Like, what do you do besides go to the baseball tavern? I haven't been to the baseball tavern since the end of the season. Okay. Yeah. Maybe JD Martinez has been hanging there. Yeah. Yeah. I could have missed him. Where were you at the JD Martini party? Oh, yeah. That was, yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah. Sorry. I had a party for JD Martinez before he signed. Did he come? No, he wasn't even signed. So he, it was like, remember, it took so long. Right. It was like spring training. He rolled up like a week right. into spring training. But I ran out of time, and, and that so that January we had a we had we did a podcast with like twelve people. There were twelve people participating in the podcast, and literally one person at the bar. But that was okay with me because we had JD Martinis. I like it was that. J- yeah. So there you go. Do you, uh, do you think it's fair that people are? I'll I'll play host and get us back on track. Do you think it's <laughs> awake someone, and someone has to do it? Do you think it's fair that people, at least fifty percent, celebrating in some way? JD would be celebrating if he opted you opted out. Celebrating? They're not having JD Martini. What's he talking about? Celebrating? I think you mean a, our I pro, our pro wanted when they woke up this morning. They're saying we uh, want to find we, out because we, we, we want hope, him to leave. We want him to. Yeah, we yeah. we hope that JD Martinez leaves. Do you think it's fair? What was your question? Yeah, I, I think he's. I think it's it's unfair to him that he's viewed in this light now because he's so closely tied to Mookie's future. See, I, I think sounds that, like a column on Mass Live tomorrow morning. Yeah, at 6 it's, 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 you, but better, do you, think, you better you better flush it out a little bit. Do you think it's like so much? You know, like actual like active animosity towards Mookie, Not, or it's just like you prefer like people who prefer Mookie stay? That's the better question. Yeah. Who, do you, who, think, who would you rather have stay, Mookie Betts or J.D. Martinez? I think it's, a, it's tough for J.D. that he is his future is so closely tied to a guy who's you know one of these homegrown fan favorite guys. And the fact that he opting in is going to be, in a lot of people's minds, a negative for the Red Sox. Like, yeah, I don't, people aren't, people aren't going to separate and really take a step back. It's, oh, well, we can either keep J.D. or Mookie and – JD's being selfish and staying, or something like that. Now we can't have our favorite. I don't movie. think people look at it that way because they they know because I don't think that if if JD Martinez wasn't good, 
or, or was inconsistent or hadn't performed to its contract, they would think of it that way. I don't think anyone thinks of it that, that way at all. They just, I think they're over, overall, they understand that J.D. Martinez is going to help the 2020 Red Sox. Yeah. The question is, and, and this is where people, because of what the things that you're talking about, the homegrown Mookie Betts, it's Mookie Betts. He does all these things well. It's, um, he's the complete baseball player. He's, he's he just a notch here. below Mike Trout. All of it, like, the reality is that for the 2020 Red Sox, which is the more important player? You're also, we're also just not talking about whether or not Mookie wants to be here. Yeah, I don't, I think that's overblown. I'm just, I'm just saying, you know, he, he's a homegrown player. So he's lived through a lot of different front office, you know, leaders and he's been very open about being like, it's a business, it's a business. Mm-hmm. And some people that I've talked to have said, well, he's saying that because he wants them to prove to him that it's not just a business, like that he means more to them because he's homegrown, because he's so beloved, because he's like a generational player. I don't that, view Mookie Betts as the play in the long game type of guy with that. I, think I don't just, I don't either. I'm just saying like Dr. Steinberg was the one that said to me, he's like, he wants them to show him it's not just business because they value him as the face of the Red Sox for the next decade. Not on the tickets, though, for 2020. Probably. No, not on the tickets. So we were going to get to the bottom of that, but, our lost ticket episode. Yeah. Um, but I, I'm, I'm with you, but to come back to my question, which is better for this? Which player is more valuable to the 2020 Red Sox? I was just watching. Uh, Nobody's going to answer this question. It's a I'll, yes or I'll no answer question. it, JD. but Chris is going first. J.D., go well, I'm curious, though, why he says J.D. first. Well, I mean, I think it's just I, – I would rather – I have a have trouble putting it in a vacuum of 2020, first of all, uh, because it's not – Do, you, do your best. But I would say that I would rather have J.D. opt-in and have him on the team for a couple of years and be able to have Mookie as a trade piece because you're going to get a hell of a lot more for Mookie than you are for J.D., I was just watching NBC Sports Boston. Our good friend John Tomasi was on there and said he would rather have two or three years of J.D. Martinez than 10 years of Mookie Betts. And so I know Tomasi's pretty high on J.D. I'm also high on J.D. But I think the chance of a long-term contract not working out, we've been down this path so many times, there's no, there's no guarantee that he's even going to want that. So having him as a trade piece, being able to rebuild your farm system, that's the perfect way to do it. Get three or four good guys for Mookie. JD stays, helps kind of that bridge year type deal. I think it's it's the best way to go. They're not going to be able to trade JD. Um, yeah, and, that's, and that's one thing that I think people have to get their head around because I heard, saw that being surfaced a yeah. lot on Twitter. What team is going to trade for JD Martinez without any like idea of how long you're trading for the guy? Yeah, well, that. And then there's we talked about the limited market. You're already at 14 American League teams. You take away what, seven? Really? Yeah. Seven teams, eight teams that can't afford him or whatever are, um, don't need one. And then he has a three-team no-trade clause that he is going to update at the end of this month. Those teams are obviously, on his no-trade clause, going to be the White Sox, the Rangers, and one more he identifies as being a fit. It'll be the three teams that Boris found out had some interest in him. And so all of a sudden now he has the leverage there. A three-team no-trade clause on a normal player doesn't matter. On this one it's like... 90% of the market. Yep. So his, he's almost untradeable. Um, and if you can get four good prospects back for a year, Mookie, which some team's going to do, you know, then Maybe. I think that's, that's worthwhile. I'm not a big prospects person. That's my whole thing. Because, you know, it's one thing if you say, oh, we're trading Mookie for, like, a really good pitcher or – you know, a second yeah, I mean, baseman a and like a pros- like prospect or something. Yeah, there's different the levels of prospects. But prospect, so. I mean, obviously, there's different levels. But well, I mean, the, but the whole thing. Guys for him. But like, you know, there's so many times. Like, think about the percentage of minor leaguers that don't make it, and you know, the prospects that are highly, you know, publicized, and then they amount to nothing. And it's like, you know, if you're trading Mookie, this can't be like, oh yeah, we got like some money for him and like a foam finger. It's Mookie Betts. If they're actually going to do it, they need to really like. Well, but you can't. But that's not how it works. I'm just you saying, can't like, get, like you can't basically trade a Mookie Betts and get an established major leaguer back. Well, no, of course you'll get a close to major league. It starts with a close to major league ready or a really solid 
guy who's been. I and mean, that's where Chaim Bloom comes in because he's that guy that can sniff we out were, like who's the next big thing that like you know that you're not gonna. Right. So I think we're splitting hairs and what's a prospect. I think we're not we talking were, about like a, the two seventeen year olds who they yeah. traded if Andrew Kashner for. Don't smear the great name of Elio Prado, but the the <laughs> uh, the. the um, Andrew Kashner, the one that got away from the Bradford show. <laughs> uh, the uh, when we were in San Diego, Jason Masternato, Ian, and I went out after a game. We were talking about what they should target in a potential Mookie trade because we were in San Diego. We were thinking a guy like Chris Paddock. If you can get that guy or one of these other one of the Dodgers young pitchers, May, or probably not going to trade Bueller, but that's where I think you get a one for one a guy like that. I think you have to do it. Yes, you have the, the thing that you have to get back from for Mookie Betts is the controllable young pitcher who you can put in the rotation probably Deal. sooner than later that you have one spot. I mean, this is unless you're going to find a way to trade price or whatever, but you have one spot, and that's why the well, Rick Porcello qualifying offer was never going to work yeah. because you do you do have one spot, and that's what you're – if you're making a Mookie Betts trade – I don't know what else is in the trade, but it has to be that type of guy that you're talking about. I mean, if I'm if I think about, you know, Mookie Betts, you know, Chris gave his answer and I agree with basically all of it. In an ideal world, you want Mookie Betts on the Red Sox. He's an incredible outfielder, he's an incredible hitter, great team player. But my biggest thing is I don't think he really wants to stay. It does he has basically been acting like a guy. He not even acting. Everything he says sounds like a guy who is priming like for his departure. He's like, I'm, I'm no doubt doing free agency. I'm not talking extensions. I'm not talking deals during the season. I'm not doing this. I love Boston, but it's a business. Blah blah blah. Everything he says is textbook. I'm gone. Well, so, well, I would say this is that you can, what he has done is he has given the Red Sox a gift in the sense of the like a lot, because what has happened with other guys where you think, hey, you know what? I really, really love to stay here. But no, Mookie has said this is a business. If it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. So nobody's going to blame the Red Sox in saying, hey, Mookie was just asking for too much. It's, I mean, not, it's he not like a John this, Lester thing where he no, no, wanted to stay. No, not even close. And he's setting a, Mookie is setting this up. So if they do make a move in trading him, I don't think anyone's going to say about the Red Sox, well, they didn't try. They, didn't, they gave him the four years at You're $70 Giving million. the people of Twitter out of credit well, in that statement. That's what I love about Twitter. It's the 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 variable potpourri of opinions. It's just it's so delicious. I just think that's that why he, that's what that's kind of plays into the point I was making about why they're not going to understand. Some people are not going to understand. Yeah, but they're never going to understand. But that's why that's why Red Sox Nation doesn't run the Red Sox. That's why the Red Sox run the Red Sometimes Sox. Sometimes they do. That's why you know some of these guys are signed. Honestly, like sometimes they you know that's anyway. I mean, they're they're still in the Pedroia. I, this is no against Pedroia. Yeah, I'm no, 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 never, never. Ever I'm just saying they are seven, under seven Christmas trees, Gabrielle. It's almost that time seven time Jewish. I know, but still, still impressive. Even as of a Jewish, of course, it's impressive. I love Christmas. I think it's impressive. That that cross is not. This is not a. This is not a Pedroia. <laughs> it's just that he is the current long contract. Look, I mean. I, no, I, believe me. I'm not a long believe, contract person. Believe me. Well, actually, like if he was, if 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 he was healthy, it wouldn't be a terrible contract because we're not talking about twenty million or whatever. But the problem is when you're looking to shave off. We talk about Jackie Bradley at eleven million. Back a few years ago, everyone would say, "Oh, eleven million. Who cares?" Well, everyone cares about eleven million. Everyone cares about thirteen and a half million, especially when the guy's not playing and hasn't played more than three games in like. You just you know. wait and see. I uh, want him to come back. I'm just saying, you know, that in and of itself is like a perfect example of in one game or you know a couple of games over a couple of seasons, but really that one game. All of a sudden, you've got this guy under contract for like another three years. And nothing to do with him. Who's that? I'm saying, like, Pedroia is an exercise in the Mookie Betts, you know, thing for them of, 
while we could make 2020 the decade of like the beginning of the decade of Mookie oh, Betts, yes, yes. but yeah. That's in 2013, they gave him an they gave Pedroia an eight year contract extension. I'm like, I remember thinking when they did that, oh my what, god, what 2021 move. is a year. Like it, it just didn't like seem the, like a real thing. I said, I said, Ruzni Castillo is going to pay off when he's <laughs> back. He's, he's going to set a record. He's the most games ever played in AAA. Um, speaking of setting records, we're going to close this out. You going to get on Awaken 180 or what? I don't. Not, I have no plans to right now. That's not the answer I want. I'm trying to help you. Yeah, you're trying to help. My dad's trying to help. Everybody's trying to help. All right, we'll no, bring you over to the I'm fine. I'm not trying to help. Yeah, that's fair. We'll bring you over the fine people. <laughs> sure, if you want to bring. I, you over I mean, the I fine don't people. think you're overweight. Yeah, I, I think you know it's just medical professionals disagree. <laughs> well, we'll see. I mean, the, the we'll bring you it over. Might, awake it might just need to be like an awaken 35. Like it doesn't nah. have to be a huge. We'll, we'll just we'll, whole, just, we we'll just bring you over. Brutal. They have. Nice chairs. They have those chairs that sort of swivel. and I bet they're wide. They're not. They're, no. they're perfect. Everything over there is perfect. Perfect? Yeah. So we'll bring you over there. Maybe bring Vladdy Jr. instead. Yeah. that would, yeah. Maybe he was saying the same thing about you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Look at that reporter. <laughs> not going to be in the best shape of his life by spring training like me. I have, I have faith in you. Okay. Have, Great. Okay. All right. Good. All right. Do you everyone have fun? Right. Yeah, until the end, until I was fat shamed. <laughs> All right. Thank you. Keep your car looking its absolute best year-round with 303 Cleaners and Protectants. 303's revolutionary graphene nano spray coating gives you professional protection in a simple, easy-to-use formula. It will keep your car's paint protected for up to 12 months and give an insane level of depth and gloss. You can also use their brand new 303 Graphene Detailer to boost protection, slickness, and shine throughout the year. It can even be used for quick cleanups of light dust and fingerprints in between washes. For a one-two punch to keep your car licking its best, look no further than 303's line of graphene products. 303 Graphene Nano Spray Coating to protect and 303 Graphene Detailer to boost protection, slickness, and shine. Both products are available now at Advanced Auto Parts, AutoZone, and select Walmart locations. Visit 303radio.com for more information. Every search you make, every click you take, they'll be watching you. Tired of companies like Google and Facebook watching everything you do online? There's actually a simple solution. DuckDuckGo. It's an all-in-one privacy app with a built-in private search engine, web browser, one-click data clearing, email protection, and more, all for free. Download the app today and get the most comprehensive privacy protection with the push of a button. DuckDuckGo. Privacy simplified. Forget front row seats. We're taking you into the action on the field and in the dugout with Season 2 of Play Loud. Follow some of the league's biggest stars as we mic them up and get the cameras rolling during some of the hottest matchups of the season. Catch real-time reactions from Juan Soto and Francisco Lindor in the field and catch all the hilarious conversations between players off the field with unprecedented access. Watch episodes of Play Loud at YouTube.com slash MLB. Play Loud brings you baseball like you've never seen before. Never seen before.